Welcome to Cooking the Books, the food and hospitality podcast discussing all aspects of the industry. We interview chefs, butchers, brewers, winemakers, restaurateurs, restaurant managers, and we talk about how they got to this point, through the good times and the bad, and what they've got planned for the future. This is Cooking the Books. So we're back, season four, episode 41. Check out the intro music, everyone, eh? What do you reckon of that? Bit bit on the hardcore side? Don't know, let me know. As everyone else says, hit me up on Insta or social media and let me know what you think. Thanks for returning to season four. Much appreciated. We're coming, the first episode was with Matt Donnelly. He's a chef, uh, ex-chef, I guess. Or are you always a chef? Who knows? I think you're always a chef, but... Not working in the restaurants, he he had a restaurant with his his girl, his partner, and so he's finished the restaurant business. He's now gone and moved into the mushroom foraging, you'd say, but on a mass scale. He picks like two hundred kilos a day, shipping to all restaurants in in Melbourne. Um, he also grows organic tomatoes and picks fennel pollen, and yeah, this is his story. Really, it's an interesting story how he transitioned and um, yeah, some of his thoughts and some tips on picking mushrooms and mushrooms that we get here in Australia, the regions, the seasons, um, some tips on growing tomatoes using. Um, seaweed as fertilizer and all these kind of things really interesting story you get some nice little tips out of it and i hope everyone enjoys it and like i said thanks for returning to season four we've got about 10 episodes 10 to 15 episodes uh, to take us up to build us up to christmas and i hope everyone enjoys it and sticks by if you tell a friend if you don't and just listen to yourself and hoard it to yourself if you're that kind of person who likes to just keep everything to themselves their own little secret my little gem enjoy it man but consider telling a friend. It's nice to share. It's good to share. Now, over to the show. Matt, thanks very much for, for taking the time and coming down to see us. I really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. Well, honestly, a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Um, you started off as a chef, and then a restaurateur, and now a mushroom picker and a, and a org- organic or you know a tomato grower. Um, how, how did it all start, right at the beginning? Well, I started cooking. I left school... Um, halfway through year 11, um, I wasn't a very good studier um, in Tasmania. And uh, mum, mum put me into Drysdale House, which is the TAFE down there for hospitality. And I did a pre voc course and got an apprenticeship. And I did my apprenticeship down in Ridges in Hobart. Yeah. And then got a transfer over here and did my final year of my apprenticeship. It was a four year apprenticeship back then. Oh, yeah. Back in the mid 90s. What nineties was it? What ninety? 90- I started in ninety five. Okay, as yeah. a sixteen year old. So I was ninety six. So are you, yeah. are you forty? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I just turned forty, turned 40 yeah, um, okay. a few months ago. Yeah, so you're you yeah. effectively. Yeah, um, yeah, and then I moved to Melbourne. Um, moved to Regis, Melbourne, yeah. um, and realised I didn't really like hotels, so I wanted to go into the small restaurants. Did 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 hotels have a bit of a bad rap in them days? Um, look. Like, did what? restaurant chefs look like, oh, you're a hotel chef? Was it a bit yeah, like that? Yeah, a little bit. There was a little bit like, um, yeah, of that. But I, I, was I, was, I, was well. just, I was quite into, I've always been a creative person. Yeah. Um, you know, 
I, I, I started reading Gourmet Traveller and that sort of thing and just seeing what people were doing with food and, and that just wasn't really happening. In the hotel. In, in the hotel scene. Yeah, yeah. No, no, dis- no, no, not, sure. not, dissing, not dissing hotel chefs. It's moved but, since then, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, it, it has. I, I yeah. think it's more. I Absolutely, think, it I think the hotels have really pulled themselves along, yeah. and, and, and there's some really nice restaurants in yeah. hotels as well. Um, look, it was a culture shock for me when I did go and get my first uh, job outside of a hotel. I went to Donovan's in St Kilda for, yeah, and okay. I lasted about four weeks. And nice restaurant. Yeah, b- busy. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, my ambition was there to to get to that level of food. Yeah, but um, yeah, I was thrown in the deep end and too young uh just it was just a shock to the system yeah yeah um, going from one really cushy environment to like a quite a intense environment yeah when you're really relied on right you've got to be set you've got to be yeah it was yeah yeah, it was it was full on so um yeah it was an eye-opener um so but then i went to sati restaurant in um it's in Next to Gym Palace. Okay, yeah, yeah. If you know yeah. where Gym Palace is. Yeah, I know is. where Gym Palace is. Down, is it down the alley? Like, down yeah, the alley? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and back then, this was 2001, they actually had a tailor shop. So, so Sati is in Sartorial. It was a, like a little Italian tailor yeah. um, with a restaurant in it. And it, was, <laughs> and it was just nice hours. They changed the menu every day, um, nice. Monday to Friday. Um, I worked with a lady called Kate and we used to go to the Victoria Market and shop for the for the menu and write the menu from from there so that's where that was my introduction into um fresh market produce and cooking with the seasons so i've always um from from that point forward in my cooking career it was always um that's how like it was very much italian italian based yeah yeah, quite simple in those years simple but just heavy focus on on excellent produce because um what i do love about italian food is you can't really hide you know, like it is simple, but you can't. Um, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, yeah. It's so, a slice of tomato with some olive oil. It's got to be a yeah, damn yeah, good tomato. tomato. Yeah, got yeah. to be good olive, olive oil. oil. Yeah, yeah. Get it. Um, I had the best. I yeah. had that in in Rome actually. That's yeah, just a slice of tomatoes and olive yeah, oil. Yeah, and, and it's, it is. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, so I've always been that kind of like quite a simplistic chef. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Um, but there's, but a I've always had, there's a skill in that. There's a skill in that because you've got to find the exactly. Products. Yeah, it, you've got well, to find it. That's the in skill a way. I've right. sort of become a curator of of um, just nice ingredients, but I haven't been like a, a super technical um, Michelin star chef or anything. But yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Fast forwarding to when we were at the Commoner and I was sort so of you, in and out of the Commoner. So how long were you? How long did you train to be a chef for? Obviously, you're six, you're fifteen from 96, six. and then when did you start your own restaurant? Oh, um, look, it was actually Joe who started um, The Commoner in 2007. Yeah. Your partner. Yeah. yeah. We went partners at the time. Oh, perfect. Um, I actually worked with Joe at, um, at a little place near the Vic, Vic Market. Yeah. And we used to go out and buy the vegetables and similar co- come back and, yeah, similar setup, just yeah. you know, cook, um, cooking a different menu every day. That sounds awesome, by the way. It was nice. Yeah. What kind of covers are you looking at? Uh, it was a cafe. So oh, it would be. Um, Probably eighty for lunch. Oh yeah, fuck. It's pretty but busy. it wasn't like an a la carte. Yeah, thing. yeah, it was three more, courses or whatever. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was nice. Um, that was so. I met Joe in two thousand and two, yeah. and then I went and cooked overseas for a few years in London. Oh, where did you work uh, in London? Morrow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got yeah, a great yeah. book. I think they've got a couple of books. Yeah, they've got a few right? books. Yeah, um, yeah. Just nice food again. Um, sort of similar kind of thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. it was sort of like a Spanish Moorish um, bent. To their food, yeah, uh, it yeah. wasn't wasn't Italian, yeah. Um, but that that was a wonderful experience. Again, just seeing they changed the menu every three weeks, yeah. And 
just beautiful produce. Um, it was very stimulating for a chef, and um, they would um, you know, fly their chefs over to go and bring back hamon through the cargo. Uh, whole, yeah, just and because like, um, it was cheaper than importing it. Yeah, and, yeah. but it was um, an experience for the chefs. For sure. um, you know, just had to you know keep all the receipts and everything. So that's awesome. Um, so I got to do that. That was that was really nice. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. And how was what an experience? So when you when you go somewhere new like London or wherever it might be, traveling as a chef, that's exciting anyway. And then yeah. if you land on a good restaurant where they're looking after you and you're learning, and it's just knowledge. That's knowledge, right. Knowledge. It's, it's it's just a, an experience. Yeah. So a, you end up in a, like a bit of a clique um, where they will recommend you to where to go. Like they sort of fast track. I, 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 I didn't know anyone when I, yeah, when yeah. I landed in London. Um, Joe, Did you go alone? Alone? To, uh, I had a partner at the time. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, yeah. Joe, Joe um, previously had lived in London for about eleven years, I think. So, yeah. Um, she was married to a, a Scotsman, and um, yeah. So she moved back. We uh, we met. I went to London for a few years. Yeah. Um, and then I, I came back. So we were very good friends. Yeah. And then. Um, yeah, she, um, she asked me if I wanted to be the first head chef of her restaurant that she was opening called The Commoner. Good name. I love the name. Yeah. yeah. It was, name. So it was, uh, it was basically modern British food. Yeah. Um, and that was a hard concept to convey. Like people were just going, what is it, like bangers and mash and that yeah, sort of stuff. Yeah. But it was really, um, we loved the gastro pub scene in London yeah. and that's what we wanted to... Yeah, it's a beautiful scene. A, yeah. It's a fantastic it's, it's so, scene. People don't realise how good food is in London. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's Everywhere. Excellent. Yeah. yeah exactly. It's just, um, it's really good. So that's what we wanted to um, to do beautiful. in London. So, yeah, so I came back and, and cooked. Um, and, that was, and that was her first restaurant. Um, she had a deli in, in uh, London. Yeah. But that was her first restaurant in Australia. And yeah, it was an eye opener. It was hard. I bet. I bet. <laughs> Initially, it was hard. It got. It got. Like, we made a lot of mistakes along the way, but um, got better. And how long did you have that for together? Or how long did she have it? Um, All together, uh, we sold it in twenty sixteen in January. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was ten, nearly ten years. Ten years of having a restaurant. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. It was good. It's good. Yep. You must have met some nice people, good staff, all the rest. Yeah. Of it, you know, yeah. Well, sure. initially it was. Um, Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Yeah, and that's I, I just burned out. I was doing all of that. Yeah. Um, what did much. it end up being? Uh, dinner. Just dinner. Uh, with, with lunches on the weekend. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but we were always shot on Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. But um, nice. Yeah, it was just like we just dropped breakfast because it was, you know, we it's a hard grind breakfast, isn't it? It's a hard. Fucking yeah, and grind. it just sort of clashed with, um, especially on the weekends. You'd have, um, we'd do like a wood roasted, um, shoulder of goat or something. Yeah. Like that with beautiful wood wood roasted vegetables and, and that would sort of be available from twelve o'clock. And then you'd the next table you'd have like a prams and um people eating scrambled eggs and stuff and it just didn't go jar, it's just yeah, jarred yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah. um breakfast isn't like the best sort of um they're not, they're not great margins. Yeah, well the tiny you're not selling it? alcohol unless you you might sell a bloody Mary. If yeah, yeah, yeah for the odd person. Yeah for sure. And they're, they're sitting there for the same amount of time for the same you know, by the time you do the maths, the staff, da 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 da, da and you know when you could be getting yeah. thirty five dollars yeah. instead of seventeen dollars fifty. Yeah. I don't know. It was okay. quite a pokey little restaurant as well. So um in those in those first few years it was just downstairs and a courtyard and yeah, quite sort of bohemian sort of furniture. Yeah, yeah. You know, um you know, it's quite squashy, and then once you start introducing prams into that, yeah, um, 
It's good to be a nightmare. Excuse me. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, that's yeah. Hard. All that for sure. Yeah. So you then, so you shut. You got you. You got rid of that. You finished it. Shut those. Well, whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we had a few things happen along the way in oh, that really? ten years. So we actually had a fire. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, in 2013, it happened on Anzac Day. So that was that was hard. Um, that was that was when I initially um, um, hooked up with Joe in 2008. Yeah. Um, and then from there on, I was sort of in between. I started my mushrooming, so then that sort of broke up my chefing career a bit. So yeah, okay. but I was always sort of involved in the off season. Um, but you start you getting pulled more towards yeah, the mushrooms. yeah, it just sort of grew. But um, but yeah, we had a fire in 2013, um, and that was pro- probably happened a month after I sort of bought into the restaurant. Oh god, and I was like, what have I done? Yeah, uh, but it was. That t- sort of turned out in a way to be a blessing. It started fresh. Yeah, we were shut for ten weeks. Bloody hell! Um, insurance? You have insurance? Yeah, but it, it's just so difficult. Yeah, like, yeah. and it's not. You know, we had some people gone. Oh, you know, it was like an insurance job, and like they went. Course. Yeah, but people sort of had this. Some people had this um, notion that it was like a, a money making, uh, like some, something that would profit. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah, was just yeah. like. Couldn't be any further from the truth. It was it sort of knocked us on our ass, and yeah, we had yeah. a like a heap of staff that you know we had to sort of retain, and it was keep um, them busy as well. Oh, like, it was hard. It was, yeah, yeah, it was so it. hard. Well, we've just someone just crashed into our van last week. It wasn't our fault. They're crashing into us, and you know that's just been a total nightmare. And the insurance hasn't mm. they've only covered uh, it. That was a refrigerated van, and yeah. the insurance company have only covered for a vehicle they haven't so then we then have to hire a refrigerated van on top of that yeah so you know even though it wasn't our fault they've ripped the branding off they've had to rip the branding off because hardly any damage but they just pierced the hole it was a ute and it had one of them like clips on the back and literally it had the reversed in the back in the side of us and it just pierced a tiny little 50 cent hole in, in, yeah. in it no other damage really cracked the thing but not really like you just have to change the brake like no problem but this hole so that to rip all the branding off the side of the the, the to put this new panel on the on the yeah. van, but then the insurance doesn't cover branding. Right. So like we've been. So even though it wasn't our fault, I'm just saying in a small case in yeah. in, a, in a van, even though we've got insurance, they've got insurance, everything, we still out of pocket for six days refrigerated van hire at 140 dollars a day. Yeah. And we're out of pocket. We're gonna have to rebrand the van. We're out of pocket. That's so, well, or half the van where they've had to put the panel on. So Plus probably, business interruption. Exactly which, which 500 dollars, and yeah. then yeah, then our yeah. delivery driver. We had to go up and get the van, and we've had to pay him, you know, X amount an hour. So we're probably out of pocket like seven hundred and fifty bucks for something that we nothing to do with us. Like yeah. totally nothing to do with us. Yeah, maybe more, maybe in touching it. Uh, yeah, let's just seven hundred thousand bucks. And it was literally we were driving in Bunnings, and the driver didn't see us passing him. And as as the driver drove by, it's all on video cam, all on you know dash cam. As he passed him, he just reversed and put a hole straight in it. That's it. That was it. Like no mm. one's fault. No, it was just a pure accident. Yeah, and we're a thousand bucks. So if the restaurant burnt down. There's yeah. so many well, little things winter that you was, have to. Um, winter, winter at the Commoner was the high season. Yeah. For us, because people winter associated food. Yeah, people yeah, associate British food with I get it. with um and we ha- always had sort of downtime through spring, pretty good summers. Yeah. But winter was the key. Know, yeah, where we sort of really capitalised, and um, so yeah, we were sort of robbed of ten weeks of winter trade. Yeah. Um. Because they're not going to pay you for profit in that either, you know what I mean? No, nah, not yeah. really. Um, but anyway, yeah, you moved on. Moved on. We we decided that I would go back in um, to the to the kitchen. Yeah, with some other young chefs, and 
you know, we we decided to keep it open and keep trading. Yeah, instead of yeah, instead of closing the dive and going in off the handing the keys in. Yeah, yeah. And um, the way we did that was we were really starting starting from scratch in a way. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I decided to we were about to buy a house and and that so the house deposit pretty much went on that and and we decided look if if I want to go back in there um, I don't want to cook with crap uh, equipment anymore. Yeah, yeah. I was be, you know, tired of that. It was challenging, and it really tested your skills as a chef. You know, trying to cook bread in a low boy, and yeah, yeah, yeah. learning about hot spots and things. And you'd, you know, if you had chefs in there that don't understand that, they okay. burn things a lot. So we got a rationale and um, got treated few, yourself. Yeah, just and it, it, it did elevate the food, um, and there was just the ease of production was yeah, yeah, so, so put good. the timer on you know it's good yeah be great, that's right you know, like, yeah everything became a bit more automated a bit exactly. more consistent yeah um took the excitement out you know? <laughs> um <laughs> burnt arms <laughs> squatting down underneath the stove to pull out the thing someone knocks you yeah yeah all of that so yeah. um so that was good um but the trade-off was yeah we had to run it really really low food costs and so we had to be quite clever with the way we designed our food menus and the way we sold that on the floor um we totally changed the way that we bought our food all oh, right okay and which leads me to um i started going into the footscray markets in the yeah. middle of the night to buy vegetables yeah okay. and that opened up um a whole world of, of um commerce for me with my mushroom business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just going back to that, did that really help going straight direct to the, to Footscray Market and buying them? You think that really helped, did it? The, the, a lot it cheaper? Was, it, was, it was a lot cheaper, but the the payoff is that you have to go there at you know, four in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Um, on top of, you know, for, for me, it was on, on top of a, a full working week, you know, doing 70 plus hours in a restaurant, yeah. in, a, in a kitchen. So, um it took it, it took its toll, but um, I sort of used I used that and I just saw a lot of opportunity. So, um, yeah, the, the vegetables are cheap, but it's all in bulk. You can't buy one yeah, head of a, celery. You've got to buy a box of celery. Yeah, yeah. You've got to buy, I'm, yeah, 10 or 20 kilos of carrots. Yeah. That. I'm just interested with it because I'm, I'm interested at the moment with the restaurant industry because – it's going through some massive changes mm. with, with labour and all the rest of it. And I'm just, you know, I'm always interested I'm, and I'm, I'm wondering how restaurants are going to survive, basically. You know, it's a tight, yeah, it's, small margins, Uber Eats, yeah. all these kind of things. It's going through um, something that I'm not, I don't totally understand it, but it does feel like it's a false economy at the moment. Like, um, yeah, there's a hell of a lot of restaurants out there on super, super thin margins for profit. Definitely. Um, getting taxed up the wazoo. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, you know GST bills, bass bills. Yeah. Uh, everything. There's super, not much left over for the actual bills. owners. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, exactly. And um, I mean, you know, you're a chef, you know, um, probably from the old school like me, like we just do the hours. Yeah, but, but that's, now, now that's... That's on... Yeah, it's oh, getting it's, finished. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, Melbourne's the food, supposedly the food Hope, capital of... Yeah, exactly. You know, like we've got to be careful and... And think of some deliberate, smart moves, you know, to to retain that. I agree. Um, and and I, I, yeah, if we and we all care about it. Uh, um, we're on the other side of that now. We we supply the invoices to the restaurants, but that's felt up that line as well. One hundred percent. yeah, absolutely, yeah. De- definitely. And like, and it's something that we all need, to be, like you say, we need to be concerned of and talk about and think of if we can think of any ideas to to help 
progress. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, to help with the margins. You know, because we don't want to lose creativity. Definitely. Um, the way I've always seen it is like there is different different levels of of um, restaurants and, and and food outlets. You know, if if, if you uh, this might be wrong, but you know, if you're a chef and you just want to do your thirty eight hours, maybe don't go into such a creative environment that demands you know perfection and yeah, and yeah. you know, you got to scratch things if they're not right and do it again and you know strive for ex- excellence yeah striving for excellence yeah, does yeah. take sacrifice and it takes you know a, a lot of commitment and and chefs generally who are of that mind they want to do that they'll, they'll work there every waking hour to do that and then they'll go home and they'll read and Definitely. you know that doesn't that they obsess you know yeah. um so you know we can't just tell them that no, 38 hours and then, you know. Yeah, because exa- and, and exactly the flip side of that. Is and like I think exactly restaurants that. are being forced to, to exactly. knock, them on, knock their hours on the head too. Exactly. So where, where's it, where, where are we going to end up? Because so. exactly, if I was a 18 or, you know, 22 or 24-year-old young chef coming up now and I was being told to go home after 38 hours, I'd be like, well, what, no, I don't want to. Do you know? Yeah. I, I don't even, I'd maybe look for another job almost. Yeah, Do you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. I'd be like, I need more. I need more to be stimulated. I need, yeah. you know, I want to be, you know, you hear these great stories, you just want to be part of that. Exactly. And I want, yeah. if, if someone's doing 38 hours and you've got someone else doing 65 hours, the person who's doing 65 is going to learn a lot quicker and progress a lot faster, in my opinion, yeah. because they're doing more repetition. Yeah. And the, 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 they're getting used to more systems. Don't get me wrong, I think people should be paid. But I think mm. people should be paid fairly as well. I yeah, don't think absolutely. it's necessarily black and white and I think as long as they're not as long as they're not spending 70 hours making toasted sandwiches all day every day like exactly what could potentially happen in some massive organizations exactly but But if it's a trade-off for for, they're learning exactly yeah yeah. for knowledge for a true apprenticeship a true apprenticeship where you're getting mentored where you're getting looked after you're getting your food the saying read this book get that book go and eat at this restaurant go do stage at my friend's restaurant and they're investing in you they're the business is investing in you that that's not for free either you know like but i think that's a great point what you're saying you've got to be honest with yourself and say do I want to work in that environment? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if you don't, well, that, that's totally fine. And you want to go and work somewhere that is more structured from as far down a subway to a cafe to, you know, a, a wine bar or whatever it might be. But if you want to be at the top level, I think they should almost, because they're also putting back into the industry. If you want to have great chefs, uh, 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 you know, world famous Australian chefs. Yeah. That's what brings people from all around the world, around to, the world. to Melbourne. Exactly. So I think, exactly. to be honest, I'd love to see the government give you know businesses a help and also something to give them a better foundation um, of a chance to succeed before they even open um, a restaurant. Like a lot of people go in there quite naively. Definitely. You know, <clears throat> like we did. Yeah. Even um, if everyone. But we, we hung in there and we, you know, we when we exited, we did it in the right way, you know, paid. All big tax suppliers. bill. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah. We didn't just. Yeah, paid yeah, all the suppliers. Um, you know, we just think that's just honourable. The right but, way to do but it. So, yeah. on those, so right many people do don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah and well, it's um, they're, they're idiots. And it just everyone else has to pick up the bill down the line. You know, if if you're not paying your um, fish yeah. supplier, oh, and, you, yeah. and you go bank um, bankrupt or something. It's like everyone pays like a little tax and um on, and through the drip on, feeder over 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 you know a few years and it's just like and if you're not paying on time as well yeah so I'd, I'd like to see um people be a little bit more better equipped um, in, in to what, sense? Op- what do you what do you oh think? I don't know but it's, it's something that the government could um, maybe 
help tax it. Break. Tax breaks. Um, maybe better bit of bit more uh, business education. Support, Hospita- yeah. Hospitality uh, specific though. Yeah. Um, even like how to lodge your bass, how to, yeah. you know, how much it's going to cost you in super, how much it's going to, yeah, a bit of support in that sense. Exactly. Like maybe yeah. even, like you say, maybe even someone on the road that can, you can say, is there any chance you're swinging by? Do you know what I mean? Or whatever. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree on that. Yeah, that, no, it, that. It seems to be like that. a health inspector. Yeah. Almost. Do yeah. you know what I mean? That will just turn up or whatever. Exactly. Same yeah. Because kind of uh, it does seem to be an unregulated industry. Um, yeah. I think it is a lot of things about, especially in the kitchen, uh, are getting better. You know, there's a lot of training going on and there's some good organisations, good restaurant groups that are really um, doing a great job with training their staff. Definitely. And, um, you know, people don't you know, swear like Gordon Ramsay yeah, yeah. did back in the, back in the day, yeah, like yeah, in yeah. their face and stuff. So that, that's, a, that's a healthy thing. That's moving massively in, in, yeah. in Australia, I feel like. And I'm, I, I can only really say on that because I, that's where I've been for the last 10 years. But yeah. I definitely feel like here that, that that attitude of, you know, that yeah arrogant kind of arsehole kind of bullying yeah. mentality, yeah. sex. Um, yeah, because that can push people out of the industry. And, definitely. Yeah, um, just unnecessary. Exactly. Know. But that, like you said, I think there's a lot, they're trying to make a lot of changes as well mm-hmm. at once. Like maybe yep. like not paid for every hour, but, you know, if they are working over so many hours, they need to be paid 60 grand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a cut. Do you know what I mean? You can't work them. There should be. A, I don't know how exactly. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm, I've never really thought too much about it. But like, there should be like if you if you're getting your guys no more than seventy hours, let's say, or no more than sixty five hours, or, or something along those lines. Maximum is that, and then you know as long as you're paying them between over sixty five thousand, you, you've got a bit of a buffer. You don't yeah. have to work pay for every hour. And then like yeah. I've seen, it's like. I think again, don't quote me. It's, I think it's close to fifty dollars an hour on a public holiday. You've got to pay the staff fifty. Like, yeah, yeah. If you're running a restaurant, that needs you're not going to. That's what that you can't get a coffee now on on Anzac Day. Yeah, in yeah. The, in the city, which is and a lot of people, we've got the, that uh, grand final eve public holiday now yeah, on a yeah. Friday. So you're probably getting you know half a million people descending into the CBD from. From the interstate for yeah, the football yeah, and everything yeah. um, can't get a, co- a coffee exactly in, but, and it, but then on the Mondays when it's quiet but they need these busy days to supplement Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because predominantly yeah. lots of restaurants are making all their money Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday maybe or even Friday, Saturday maybe even to be fair you know, so but they're still opening the doors to do twenty covers, fifteen covers, twenty five covers, thirty five covers on Tuesday night yeah. or whatever it might be but they need these big days Yep. To, to supplement them the, the quieter time exactly. so they can stay open yeah. but then on them big days you're fucking taking all their profit off them to, to yeah. help them get it's really difficult it's such a difficult juggling act to make yep. it all work and the, yeah I don't agree with that I think if you it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be uh, it, the owner shouldn't be be all on the owner of the establishment to to um you know pick up the slack definitely you know they need help 100%, you know? so, 100%. um because if you're paying a, an 18 year old um to just be a barista Fifty dollars an hour. It's just like how many cups of coffee can well, you make in an hour? You know what I mean? Or you're on a hiding to nothing. So, yeah, yeah, and if exactly. It, and if it's quiet, it's a disaster. You know, they it, lose their hours anyway. They knock them off early, and it's just like no one's winning. No one's, no one wins. Yeah, so exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It's a very interesting time. It's nice. I think it's the first time I've probably spoke about it, and yeah. it's something this season that I really. It's a theme that I want to. I want to go along a lot more about. I think it's a discussion a, that absolutely. If yeah. you just keep talking about it and and, and get yeah. more and more people talking, more people are aware of it. Yeah. Because again, 
you know, you see these things on the project where it's like, oh, this guy's working this and, you know, this and that and the other. And Neil Perry and George Combias, the guys are doing this. You know, it sounds so, you know, but you're not really hearing the true side of the story. Do you know what I mean? Like, how many people have left that restaurant? And I don't agree with underpaying the staff. I don't. Like, Mm. but I don't believe that they were necessarily doing that, that, that much. And they've paid everyone back and all the rest of it. But, uh, how many people of them have used their name then to get themselves a better job? Like, exactly. if you were just working at a cafe, could you have got that $90,000 job? Yes. Or is it because they, that you work for that business, they invested so much time into you, you then got that job that you would never have been able to get? How much is that leverage worth? You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Or yep. you, you've trained and you've seen all their processes that cost them X amount of money to put all these processes into place... And then you've managed to leave, get your own business or, or, or get a head chef position and you've used all them systems to get put into your business. Yeah, they're then, taking IP with them. Yeah, exactly. Um, all yeah. them kind of And then all of a sudden you're a gourmet traveler and it's like, such and such, move from this restaurant and gone to this to open their own restaurant. And then all of a sudden, how much is that worth? Do you yeah, know what I mean? It's, it's just, worth a lot. Exactly. But the, yeah. none of that's accounted for. It's just like, oh, they're working 60 hours a week and you didn't pay them and you didn't pay them $50 an hour in public holiday. Yeah. And there's your, there's your fucking $5 million bill or yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, 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 uh, they did seem to focus a lot on the, um, is it the 457 visa? The visa, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I was on. Right, I yeah. was on that visa yeah. Rockpool to be yeah. fair so yeah. and th- I, they were trying to say that they were holding people hostage to that visa I did mm. not have that experience no I didn't have that experience I just yeah. didn't like you know we did I can't really I'm not allowed to talk too much about it to be honest with you but I, I, that isn't the experience that, that I had I had yeah. nothing but positive experience especially with Rockpool um, they organised it all they, you know it, it, I just all, I, all I've got is positive things to say it was, you yeah. know and I think people are, are, are exaggerating. I think a lot of people are exaggerating with that, to be totally honest. Yeah. Being held hostage, you're not held hostage. Do you know what I mean? You can swap your visa. Mm. It's um, like 50 bucks to swap your visa. It, make, it makes it a scary um, proposition to open a small restaurant. Like, I wouldn't want to do it again with in the current climate. You'd have to be a brave person to... Well, exactly. And mean, if you haven't got a reputation, like, you might, they, you, know, you might get some people in there that might be maybe with an opportunistic frame of mind to think, well... If I work 45 hours for four weeks, I'm going to take you... To you know, court or And then you, yeah. once you're smeared, you're smeared. Definitely. Um, it's, exactly. It's yeah, like, so oh, it's... Exactly that. It's a, it's a tricky uh, one, but we need to talk about yes. it. Anyway, you got into picking mushrooms. Let's get onto the... Um, yeah. Oh, well, yes. Okay, so we had a fire. Yeah. Um, we had to take austerity measures, started going to the market. Um, previous to that, uh, I started picking mushrooms here in 2009. Yeah. Just as a way to make a little bit of extra beer money, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That's, that was as simple as that. Um, I, I was putting wild mushrooms on, on the menu at the commoner, just yeah. selling like little sides of mushrooms for probably eight or nine bucks. And um, I actually did all of that from a, with a flexi car. Yeah, yeah, far out. Yeah, just a higher it, car, right? Yeah, a higher yeah. car, yeah. You just you get it like a little card and you wave it on the windscreen and the, the door opens up and the keys are in there and, and um, so that's how I did it from North Carlton. We, we lived in North Carlton back then. Yeah. And um, yeah, I used to you know, go out to Wood End or Hillsville, yeah. um, Red Hill down in Mornington Peninsula and go and pick mushrooms for you know, half a day. And So how did you know about these spots? Uh, they just, they just um, I've accumulated the, these hunting grounds. People tell you or you actually like, you see a pine forest yeah, or you the, see the, something. The first like... time I ever went mushrooming was in Hillsville. Yeah, okay. um, just went, you know, which is a Yarra Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, nice area. Yeah, um, but yeah, I in a pine forest. Pine forest under. Yeah. Um, I was just told by a friend, 
just go and look under pine trees and this is what a pine mushroom looks like. This is what a slippery jack looks like. Yeah. And I went out there and um, I was amazed at how many mushrooms there were. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Me and, too. Yeah. And yeah, picked mushrooms, um, started putting them on the menu because it was a way of getting my food costs down. Yeah, free, right? Yeah, Free yeah, mushrooms. Sure. It was great. So yeah. I was, you know, some, some weeks I was getting my food costs down to about 17%, yeah, and, which is, yeah. Um, mushrooms makes, on the, makes, makes the boss happy. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah and, and Joe is such, he's so good at talking and selling. Pushing it, yeah. Selling yeah. things. That, so she would tell the story to the customers and, we had a really nice, um, loyal uh, customer base at the Commoner, and they would just lap, lap the story up, and it was good. People enjoy that. Good times, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they, um, I think they like the authenticity of, of of what we were actually doing. You know, a chef going out and picking the mushrooms, and we really were. But we weren't. It wasn't a story. It was a yeah. Trip. We yeah, weren't yeah, sort yeah. of buying them from a provider and telling them that we were picking them. We actually were doing that. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, we could just jump in a fleece of car. Yeah, I, I did it on my lunch break one day. Yeah, um, yeah, like three hours, um, three hour lunch break, one hour to Hillsville, one hour back, one hour picking. Boom, um, happy back. days, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you can probably pick nearly ten kilos of mushrooms in an hour if it's a good spot. So, can you really pick ten <clears throat> kilo of mushrooms in an hour? Yeah, well, that um, I'd pick more than that um, these days. Do you? Yeah, by hand, you personally by hand. Yeah, yeah, far out. Yep. So, um, yeah, if I'm in a good spot. Um, what can when you say a good spot? What like let's just say I'll like, have to show you photos. Yeah, um, but like you know, for people who can't hear, but like what what kind of let's say so, let's say this living room, which is I'd say five meters by four meters, something like that. Yeah, um, that could easily have ten kilos in it. Could it really? Yeah, easily. Um, Far out. Whether it's all quality or not. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I, you know, when I said to you, I went there and there was heaps. It was nowhere near that many heaps. The place yeah. I went to, but, but it's not. Hell. It's not uni- It's not like that uniformly through the forest. Yeah, yeah. So, and are you looking for? Can you tell by looking at it now that that will be a good spot, or the way the light comes through, or the way that the trees? Yeah. You well, can? when I was saying I've accumulated um, spots over the years. Yeah. I've acu- I've accumulated like zones yeah. like I go as far away as the Blue Mountains yeah. um, go to, all the way to Adelaide and, and everywhere in between so I follow the seasons I, I watch weather patterns and so I, I started going that far away from probably 2013 onwards right okay and I've because I've my quotas I've built my my mushroom customer base to a point where the demand is you need that many yeah, I need yeah. a lot I need a, a um, I, as soon as I I had to buy a cool room um, yeah. for home, and yeah. now we've got two, just so I could actually have a heap in there. So when we, the sales come through, because yeah, I used to pick, yeah, I used to pick and sell order. to order. Yeah, yeah, it was, and I had like a handful that. of restaurants. I get it. And it was just, you know, that was back in the flexi car days. So, yeah, so, but when someone rings up on a Tuesday night and says, "I need five kilos for tomorrow morning," yeah, or yeah. I'd actually how I, how I started was I was actually um, hassling the chefs, my, my customer base, every second or third day saying I'm going mushrooming tomorrow would you like some and they'll you know text back and write in my little diary and off I go and pick to order literally yeah, yeah. and then pack their boxes is that know. stressful that like you're not going to find them or are you pretty it was I put pressure them? I did put pressure on myself yeah but um one day my 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 stressful day in the in the first year was um I had an one day I had about 105 kilos on order and I thought oh how the hell am I going to do this yeah um but we did it, so I, Joe helped, uh, and um, yeah, it was it was nice. But then I thought, well, this could be like so much more. So we, I just made some deliberate 
Um, I, di- I didn't go to business school or anything. Yeah, yeah. But um, I just sort of made some deliberate moves to grow it. Um, so I needed a car, you know, so I bought myself a Holden combo van, which is like a little tradies van. Yeah. And I had that for a few years and ended up getting wrapped around a tree. But oh, <laughs> Did you have racks in it, like bread racks or something? Yeah, or I used to do, do it on the bread bread racks. Yeah. Um, but I don't do it, do it that way anymore. What but, is it uh, now? Uh, I've got these crates that are modular and they no space is wasted. They all sort of click onto each other. Yeah, okay. And I can fit 250 kilos in my van. Yeah, okay, far out. Um, which is a lot of mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I started off with um, a, a little van. I got myself a cool room so I could hold them. Yeah. And they, they if you handle them correctly from start to finish actually hold really well in a cool room if they're at the right temperature. And when you say correctly, what is correctly? Uh, just handle them clean. Um, pie mushrooms. Are, Cut them or pull them? Uh, you can do either or. It depends. But just, just don't bruise. Don't touch the gills too much. Or press, press, or press your thumbs into the gills. Um, so keep away from the gills? Don't bruise them because they'll yeah. turn green. And pie mushrooms are so unforgiving. Like as, soon as, as soon as they're bruised, half an hour later that bruise will become green. It's like you've got a dirty green thumbprint on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's okay. ugly. So um, my aim is to get mushrooms to the chefs looking as if they've just been picked. Yeah, of course. Quality, so, right? It's just quality. Yeah, right? so, and that, that can be tricky, but I've got, I've got that down pat pretty well. Have you? Yeah. So when you, when you, you know when you, you see one and it's, then, you know, it's half out, you know, you, mm. you know, you can see the pine, le- you know, whatever it is. Pine needles, yeah. Pine needles on it and it's just popping up or whatever. Yeah. Do you cut it or do you pull it out? I, I clear clear it. Yeah, clear it, yeah. And then, yeah, just like um, get the knife underneath and, and, and plop, um, cut it off. Do you leave a little bit in the ground? Yeah, that's the mycelium. So um, like That fluffy my, bit on the bottom, right? Yeah, white yeah. fluffy bit. Yeah, it looks like um, they, if you rip them out and cut them off, they sort of look like cigarette butts. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, mushrooms, they will drop spores and how they reproduce is they drop spores, the, the spores will drift on the, on the, on the wind yeah. and, and land and then in the, if, if it's moist enough, that that spore will um, sprout little hyphae, which is like little hairs, and that sort of grows into like what we call mycelium. Yeah, and, that, okay. and that is like the underground, it's like an underground tree. Yeah. And then the mushrooms are the fruit yeah, okay. of that tree. Yeah. Is uh, that a good analogy? Yeah, 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 definitely. I've heard something like, yeah, exactly. And it, supposedly they all communicate, especially trees yes. and that all yeah, communicate. It's, like, um, it's, like it's like the internet of the forest. Yeah, yeah, which um, is amazing. Yeah. It's all underneath exactly, yeah, exactly yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. So you can go... Um, Big, one of the biggest living organisms or something, that, I don't know. Yeah, like that. yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, getting onto that mycelium, yeah. I've got what I call... I've got my own mycelium memory, so I'll go to certain forests, and I I'll, I'll remember where a patch was one year, yeah. and I'll go to exactly that same spot in the forest because and underneath that, you know the tree. That's where the mycelium yeah, is. It's, it's invisible from above the ground, but yeah, yeah. I just go back to those spots. So, um, a tip for mushroom hunters is if you find mushrooms somewhere, just go back there the next year, and, 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 and that's, that's where that's where it'll be. Yeah, yeah generally. Yeah. And yep. will that grow over time? You yeah, know? it can. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, that's that's how I do. It. I just go to the same hunting grounds year on year. And so, um, how do you find somewhere new? Will you just go like for a walk with the dog or something? I don't know. And, yeah, you know. I don't have a dog, but um, yeah, I just go. I do a lot of driving. Yeah. So I bought a, I bought a uh, a new Hyundai iLoad with zero kilometers on the clock in 2015. Yeah, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's got four hundred thousand Ks on it. Jesus, just 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 clicked over this year. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's a lot. And Joe's got. Uh, uh, we got a van 
pretty much a replica of mine. Yeah. Um, they're both refrigerated. Yeah. Um, and hers, she's clocking up a lot of Ks as well, but she's based in the city. She does the deliveries. Yeah. And I do, yeah, the, picking. do the picking. Yeah. Um, when I started off, I was doing everything, and then Joe would come out occasionally and help me pick. Um, once we sold the restaurant, Joe came on with me full time, and we sort of you know, decked her out with a van and everything. And I said, "This is the, she had to um, learn all the delivery routes, and you know, um, I had all that rapport and the, with the relationships yeah, with the chefs, chefs and everything. Yeah, so it was yeah. hard to sort of hand over. Um, like the, the chefs were, yeah, it's slow, slow to it. slow to build a, it, but it, it takes it takes time. It Relationships take time, so and they'd always be trying to place their orders through me, and I'd be out in the in the bush with North, no reception, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Um, so it was hard hard for them, but they're they're pretty much there now. Like Joe just handles handles the orders, and um, right. she's we're better. Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's better. better. Yeah, 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 it's exactly. absolutely better. And, more and it's just way it, way more efficient. So yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I pick mushrooms. All day, every day. On your own, or do you take some with you? Um, this year, I did it largely on my own. Yeah, so, okay. yeah. But we we've just um, hooked up with the Wolfing scheme, which What's is that? willing um, willing workers on organic farms. Okay. Um, basically, backpackers can come and work on an organic farm. Oh, and for the visa. For the visa, yeah, they yeah. have to do their eighty days. Yeah, um, yeah. Not all on one farm, but they have to sort of accrue eighty days over a. a period of time then they can stay for an extra year yeah yeah. so, so you're getting them yeah we're, we're getting those um is that working well for you yeah yeah that's yeah, good it is so you just get in touch with them guys and say i need someone yeah, we, for we, we signed up we signed up with that and we qualified um we started growing tomatoes yeah um we, we moved out to romsey in 2000 and end of 2014 yeah um we always wanted to sort of go out closer to the mushrooms and and um start growing food and and everything. Yeah. Do you see magic mushrooms? I know it's everyone. Yes. You do. You yeah, see we them. Do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. You see a lot of them. Yeah. 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 But they're a class A drug, so yeah, um, yeah. yeah, you're not allowed to be caught with them. But um, I haven't actually tried them yet. Um, I've got some. Uh, yeah, I've got some at home. Yeah, um, and they're they're dried, and I'll, I'll take them at some uh, point. But I've got to give. I've got to allocate three days to do it. Like, have you had magic mushrooms before? No. Oh man, no. they're the best. Yeah, they're I've the best. Heard. Honestly, yeah. they are the best. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, but, um, yeah, I've got to sort of experience. devote a couple of days to it because I don't know if there's going to be like a hangover or what sort of rabbit hole I'm going to fall down. So yeah, oh, it'll be fantastic. Um, You'll have a great time. Yeah, I love mushrooms. <laughs> they're fantastic. But um, look, getting back to the timeline of, of, of things, we we sort of bought a house in in Romsey. Um, we still had the restaurant, and I reckon it was about a week or two after we settled on the house um joe was diagnosed with breast cancer oh fucking serious. and it was like oh that was crushing and um terrifying dev- 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 oh, terrifying terrifying um yeah i can't describe it, it was yeah, just yeah horrible um that was that springtime 2014 yeah, okay. yeah and we still had the restaurant and um it was just like yeah after the f- we had the fire. I want to catch a, a break. It's a, it's a, yeah, it was a bit of a kick in the in the guts. Yeah, but um, yeah. we we got through. We traded for another uh, full year, and we decided to sell it and focus on health. Um, health and just do like you know we had the mushroom business, which was la- largely run by me and her restaurant. Yeah, and we just thought let's just focus on one instead of 
sort of being divided and conquered. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So and out in the country, yeah, it was just fresh yeah, air. Yeah, we saw. So we decided to simplify. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Joe um, got healthy, and um, we sold the restaurant, um, which was difficult in itself, but it, we sold it. Yeah, and um, yeah, we decided to well this little mushroom business has to pay for, for two of us now yeah. so what we're going to do because it's a seasonal obviously so what are the seasons yeah. so we fleshed out um our 12 month ca- calendar um so the mushroom season on a really good year it will go from end of january all the way through to end of january what starts at the end of january pine mushrooms and slippery jacks far out yeah and that will go all the way through to one year i went into third week of august it was just um so that was in 2015 i had a, just a monster year that was actually the year of, um where joe was going through her all the treatment yeah yeah and um and mushrooms just kept on sprouting and we're like yeah. it was yeah it was like i'm not religious but it was like manna from heaven like yeah um gave me something to do yeah keep um, you busy. i absolutely threw myself head first into my work yeah. um which i think is apparently it's a common thing for men to do when their partners get yeah. head know, down, they, yeah, well, yeah, they just oh, how can I help? And they sort of try and put on their Superman cape and and do get into that mentality. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. yeah, without yeah, I'm not sure how healthy that is. You know, people don't sort of deal with, actually deal with it mentally. But um, that's how I how I did. I just threw through. I just picked more mushrooms than I've ever picked in my life. Yeah, it was, yeah. and it was a luckily it was a really big season. Yeah, um, so it helped us um, financially. In that regard, so because the the restaurant was sort of yeah, yeah. Um, hard to, it was expensive to run without um, Joe there, and yeah, um, yeah, it was a bit of a financial drain. So yeah. it was good to have that um, the, the mushrooms, the mushrooms to, to yeah, sort yeah. of uh, give us a bit of buoyancy. Yeah, yeah, nice word. Yeah. So, um, so and what's the price of mushrooms? What, what, like what, 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 like the going rate? Would you say for pine mushrooms and slippy jacks? Depends. Okay. Um, I used to have a set price. When I started off, I was really cheap. Well, yeah. Yeah, I started off at 16 bucks a kilo. Um, but I thought I'll keep it that cheap um, until um, I, 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 I saw it like as an apprenticeship in a way. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I Make so- mistakes. Or yeah, I sold to – I just wanted a little bit of margin for error. Um, I wanted a bit of forgiveness from the chefs, but I was selling to really, really good chefs. Yeah. Uh, and they were coaching me in, in how, to, how they wanted the product and – I valued that more, Same than, kind more of thing, than the right? more than the quick buck. Yeah, yeah. So that was super important to me to actually learn and, and build up a reputation for delivering a good product and and then I just sort of um, started rising raising my price as I was more confident in my own product. Yeah. And now now I um move move as the seasons roll on. So, so if, if you have to go further away, you charge a bit more. I don't. I don't do it on based on distance it's just okay. about supply and demand so if there's um no mushrooms in the market and everyone's you know screaming out for them because it's just it's so a, for people that aren't from melbourne and yeah. australia it, when it's mushroom season it goes off quite hard everyone yeah, there's usually about five that, weeks where the market's absolutely saturated yeah in, in mushrooms like people every man in their dog that. is going out Picking mushrooms, people are selling them out of the boot of a car like I used to. Yeah, farmers markets. Um, yeah, they're everywhere. They're, from, they're that, on from cafes, wine yeah, bars, and they're everyone's, fine dining. Everyone's everything. undercutting each other as yeah, well. So, yeah. like, the market is saturated with, with mushrooms. So, uh, that's the time where I sort of drop my price. Um, not all the way down to match, like, the people selling them out of a car boot. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes the 
product isn't comparable. Yeah. Um, we always say, look, if you want to spend or pay someone three hours to clean the mushrooms that you're buying, um, look, you know, yeah, go ahead because yeah, at the end yeah. of the day, you're going to be paying more anyway. Yeah. So um, I'm on the chef's side, like I'm you know, trying to sell them nice, a, a really nice mushroom that they have to do minimal work and cleaning to. Yeah, and they yeah. can just, you know, it's, it still works out. So every my philosophy is always everyone I'm selling mushrooms to, everyone in that supply chain should be making some money so it's got to be good for everyone down the chain of course it's including the customer yeah so yeah yeah they're not getting rinsed as well for sure 100 yeah, percent. Yeah. so what so what, like so what will what will the vary from like 16 to 30 bucks 32 yeah yeah about that anywhere yeah. there yeah and it starts off uh, where where do the where's the first lot mushrooms in not in well victoria or new south wales where where's the first yeah. one blue start? mountains is a good place to start that starts that's the earliest yeah. so at the end of january that's where that's yeah, where, that's where i'll look yeah right yeah. okay yeah. And just watch weather patterns down. so if, yeah like when i see um like massive storms in sydney over january i'll, I'll just go oh, <laughs> bloody beautiful bring <laughs> it on yeah because sydney gets absolutely satched yeah yeah i lived in sydney for a while yeah, yeah. exactly then then, yeah. then summer storms and that yeah exactly. it's, it's brilliant that, that'll bring on a lot of mushrooms, so mm, I'll get up there. I stay up there for weeks and um, freight them down. Oh, you go and live up there? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. And then just and just ship them and send a courier company yeah, down. Yeah. So them. I figured out all the logistics. It's all got to be. Um, that's why it's so important. Um, look, a game changer was actually getting my van refrigerated. Yeah. It was brilliant. Yeah, so because. Yeah. Um, you're picking mushrooms in at the end of January or early February. Summer hot, hot. 35 degrees. Yeah, or they, I used yeah, to yeah. drive back down the Hume in my little hold-on combo and stressing out. Sweating. Oh, I didn't stress, um, but I used to go up there, pick like 150 kilos of mushrooms, get back, and I'd throw 60 kilos in the bin because oh, they were cooked. Yeah. But I just sort of took that as um, ullage. You know, it's yeah, just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Price of doing business is still good, and then I'd, I'd do about two trips a, a week, driving backwards and forwards up. The Hume Highway all the way to the Blue Mountains. It's, it's an eight-hour drive. No, it's, yeah, it's it's dangerous. Yeah, and, yeah, tired um, and that. Yeah, like I, yeah, it was hard. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be driving back in the middle of the like leave leave the Blue Mountains at like five after two days of picking. Leave at five in the um, in the afternoon. Have to stop um, on the Hume Highway at like twelve at night. Have a sleep, and then you just wake up in with terrors, like because you think you're, you're, you're still driving, you're driving, but yeah. you're not. <laughs> It's it's horrible. Yeah, um, yeah. So, good no, I don't do that anymore. It's just we just sort of got it down to being, just being more efficient and being, being smarter. Yeah, 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 um, for sure. Yeah, getting the mushrooms back to Melbourne, cold. Um, we don't lose any mushrooms now. That's like, good. So because of the refrigeration. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They get picked in the forest and into a, a three degree van. And from from a couple of things on that, have you ever got lost? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few times. Because um, when I've done it as well, I'm like, fuck, am I going to be able to get out of here? Like, and I, we, yeah, I, you mean lost on foot or lost l- in the. No, in the yeah, car. lost on foot in the. Because yeah. if you're in, if you're in them pine for it's in, in, it's in rows, yeah. you can quite easily, like, I don't know, you yeah, can get lost I have, pretty easy. Yeah, I have got lost. Um, my, my worst thing is getting bogged. Um, getting the van stuck. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I minimized it to one bogging this year, but I used to be shocking for it like i used to just be a bit too ambitious of you know i'll just drive through here and not knowing what's around the corner because i'm I'm exploring i'm always exploring yeah if i'm sort of if i picked out a a spot um i'll just go i'll just go looking until i find another spot and sometimes you just go around the track and then all of a sudden you're in a bog (laughs) and how do you get out Oh, have you got a winch no no so like i said it's a hyundai i load yeah Um, they're not built for 
Definitely not. Um, yeah, I've absolutely flogged my car. But it's, um, yeah, one, one day I had to walk 7Ks out. <laughs> and a, a nice farmer came and um, helped you out, did he? Helped me out, yeah. So we, and he we, just goes, what, the, what the fuck are you doing? This? <laughs> <laughs> What's <laughs> the mushroom? Yeah, yeah. I always downplay it. I, 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 so where I go these days, I um, people don't even know what these things are. They just think they're all toadstools, and yeah, I just say, oh look, I've got a little restaurant. Even though we don't have a restaurant anymore, I've got a little yeah. restaurant. I'm picking mushrooms, and I was just passing through the area and um and so i don't play i don't open my van up and show them 200 kilos yeah things. look at all this money you could be yeah. making <laughs> exactly yeah. we went we went to again to wood end and we were on our way to on holiday we hadn't had a holiday for a while you know we were starting the business it was a fucking anyway and then we were yeah went to wood end and i was we just got this this new car and you know when a four by four has gone in and like Gouged out, gouged out, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I'm in oh, the did car. You, did you end up on top of the uh, ruts? Or? Yeah, and it split the sump. Is it the uh, sump yeah, on the top? Yeah. Dropped all the oil, and then we were stuck in the woods with no oil in Shit. this new car. Yeah, so I had to get. Oh, it was a fucking disaster. Yeah. It was a really. There might have even been a few tears. The well, there was. A yeah, few tears. I was yeah. fucking gutted. I was so gutted. A few F's and C's. Yeah. Oh man, it was annoying. Yeah, I got stuck on a um, on a. I tried to drive over a pile of gravel once, and I ended up perfectly balanced on it with. I was, I in the had, middle, yeah, <laughs> up up in Wood End, yeah, yeah, yeah and, um, Wood End. I actually dug it out. It's um, a, so yeah, until, until the the tires actually had traction, it was just, uh, it was just, I've done some dumb things, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and how long will it take it to pick like two hundred kilo mushrooms? I know you say you can pick ten kilo an hour, but it's not constantly. Yeah, I, 10 if you measure it in man it? hours, yeah. So if I'm I'm a fast picker, I could imagine, yeah. Um, by now I should be, yeah. Um, so I always try and go to the fastest, like I, I go to the spot where there's the most amount of mushrooms in the least amount of time. Yeah. So if space. I have to drive four yeah. hours further for that, that's four hours well spent yeah, in yeah. my book because I can just fill up really quick. Yeah. So that's my that's my um, so, formula. So yeah, so I can um, I can pick on a really good day. Almost, uh, maybe 100 kilos in a day. Yeah, far, okay. Maybe more. Yeah. It all depends. So, And how far is the van? Do you have to keep running back with the, with the tree? Yeah, 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 you, you do, do. yeah. But, so I, I always um, try and um, I have walking patterns, effective, um, essentially. So, yeah, say the road's there and the, and the van's there, I'll sort of walk um, and fill my, my box halfway oh, and, then, um, and then circle around. around. So by the time, in theory, by the time you get back to the van, you're just putting full. the last mushroom in, yeah, uh, in the, on that last meter and then bang. Yeah, so it's very it. efficient. So you're picking all the way. Yeah, so, so you're not going all the way out. Don't walk bring, in a straight yeah, line, yeah, yeah. like one kilometer. And then Did you sometimes have to you have to do that. But yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, it's, um, yeah, that's like not a smart way to do it. Because yeah, then you've got to yeah. carry that all the way back to the car and, you know, you get sore shoulders and, what do you do for like wastage? If you can't get rid of them, have you got another another outlet? We um we don't waste anything. We sell everything. Oh, do you? Yeah, everything. Yeah, amazing. Not yep. dry. You don't dry them, or no, anything? we don't need to. Um, cool. I don't pick seconds. Um, yeah, okay. We used. I, I used to. Um, for a small, I didn't really sort of advertise it, but um, we found that people would just go. They just want the seconds. I was like, okay. I just want to stop that because I just want to do. Yeah, if you've got uh, to bend down to pick it. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to fill yeah, my yeah. van up with Second. crap yeah, yeah, um, when I can fill it up with first. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. And I can fill it up with first, so I do. Yeah, yeah. And we've got enough customers to 
um, move move them. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, the, so, uh, but, it just puts the onus back on us to make sure it's it's got to be a quality product. And what varieties are there? You've got oh, the, there's, the, the there's not, so many. Because yeah. I've seen, obviously, the Slippery Jacks and the Pine are the, the common ones. They're the, the common the, ones. The, yeah, Grey Ghost is a is another common one. And just Pine Mushrooms is all, is that uh, Mushroom Wax Caps? Is, is uh, that, saffron Caps. Saffron, saffron wax, Milk Caps. Saffron yeah. Milk Caps, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, that's what we would call them back home, to be fair. And then we used to get saffron wa- wax caps as well was another one we used to get, I think, back in England, okay. if I remember yeah. rightly. Yep. Um, got some wonderful mushrooms over there. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But you've got morels here as well, yes, right? Yes, we do. That's, that season's about to, um, well, as it's, we're in the first week of August uh, as of the time of recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll be probably hopefully finding some morels at the end of August. Why, why are they later in the season? Uh, they're a springtime mushroom. Right, okay. That's just the time they grow. It's a short season. Yeah. Um, goes for, uh, on a good year, might go for six weeks. Yeah. Um, and it, sort of, it looks like a bell curve. Like a, the first couple of picks of morels we'll do, we might get like only one or two kilos for the yeah. day. And then it you know, might rise up to, you know, on a good day, you, know, you might get 30 or 40 kilos. So nowhere near like you would get with the pines? No, the... they're so hard to find. Are they? Oh, it's such a pain. And they don't grow in... Oh, you can find them in pine forests, but um, they're sort of growing sort of rocky, granity hills. Okay, um, completely different Completely areas. different um, you know, topography. They love to be on really nasty hills. Um, <laughs> Perfect. So, like, yeah, yeah I, I, like with pine mushrooms, I try and go for like the easiest picking, like yeah. flat, like not too steep. Um, you know, make life a bit easier. Yeah, for I like you know, I love Mount Macedon, but um, and they're chopping it all down now. But um, that was a a day of picking mushrooms up there is was painful. It yeah, was. yeah, but yeah, with morels, it's just so much walking and and they're so camouflaged. They um, they look like little brown or black things. Storms and or whatever. Once you once your brain tunes in and becomes attuned to seeing something, and all foragers can will relate to this. You sort of get tunnel vision of. You just see see it everywhere. So you would look up look up a hill to see some morels, and you go, "Oh, I'm seeing morels." And you get up there, and it's just like stones or black sticks or something. You know, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Look nearly exactly like a morel until you're there. Yeah, so, I remember when you're t- talking about. I first got took mushrooming um, in Australia, and I think I must have picked maybe. I'm, I'm going to say thirty. It was probably more like fifteen, but we'll say thirty. Yeah. And the um, and the other guy, there's two other guys that I was with. I think another guy that I was there was an inexperienced like myself. He probably caught about, got about the same. The guy who'd been a fair few times, he got like three times the amount of what he'd done. Yeah. In the same spot, yeah. you know, same forest yeah, and everything. you can see him. But he could see them, yeah, yeah. exactly. The thing with morels is, um, yeah, once you see one, you go, you go straight to it, you pick it, and then you just got to gotta look and get I'll get down quite low because you can still see them. Um, Poking, 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 poking over the horizon, yeah. and sort of see them quite easily if you're looking uphill as opposed to down sometimes. Yeah, okay. Um, and then check and triple check once you, when, when, you think, when you think you've got them all. Have another look around because there will always be another couple. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah. If there's a, like a shadow or something like, yeah, it can, it's good. Oh, it, like an overcast day as well. Make it easier. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah like I say, if we went to a pine forest together and the same spot, I'd probably, I wouldn't see half of what you, probably yeah, ten, yeah, just yeah, wouldn't because I'm not tuned in. It's just yeah, the way it is, isn't yeah. it? Even when I go, I took my wife and my son 
I don't think I don't think they even seen one. And I again, I I probably got I didn't get that many either. I probably got maybe ten or twenty or something. But they, I don't think they've seen one. Yeah. Because they don't again because you don't know what you're looking for until you start getting more. You can see the the little ridges as they're popping up and yeah. or whatever it might well, be. We call them shrumps. So yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, little um, bumps under the pine needles. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and they're, they're my favourite ones because they're perfectly protected. Yeah. Like you just lift up uh, like a mat of needles and it's just um, beautiful. Yeah, that's gorgeous. So, yeah. um, yes, and they're just all, yeah, like I said, perfectly preserved. Like they're not too wet. Like they're so, uh, pine mushrooms particularly are so fragile. Like if it's a really, really wet day and it rains too much, they just become waterlogged. Yeah, bloggy. Bloggy. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. You're walking through like pine forests, there's a lot of mushrooms there, but. One in every ten is yeah. usable. Oh, so. When the slippery jacks of the vault half and been eaten, you get one. You look at it that way; and it's beautiful. And then on the back, it's yeah, just completely yeah, like you get it, a, um, a slug, slug attack or yeah. something. So yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's another thing that we find is sometimes you'll find like a certain species of insect or um, or a slug is a mollusk, isn't it? But um, they'll be in that forest. There'll be like a sluggy forest. Oh, really? And okay. then you go to another forest, and there won't be any slugs. Yeah, or millipedes out. and, and or, or something like that. Yeah, they yeah. just chew chew out all your mushrooms. So spewing. So it's um spewing. yeah, it's funny. Like all, all mushrooms have all these little di- di- different characteristics. Or forests have their own little characteristics. So, all their own ecosystem. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that's right. Concepts, so like I'll go yeah, to yeah. um some pine plantations and I I know there's a lot of mushrooms there, but I just don't bother with them because I go, oh, it's full of millipedes. So yeah, they 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 just eat mushrooms well, and leave them dirty. So I'll go to a forest where they're clean. Yeah, and there won't be any millipedes. Yeah, so amazing. That's nice. Yeah, so. amazing. And do you, you used to do like workshops and mushroom tours and all yeah, that. Yeah, we did. Do you, do you still yeah. do that or not? No. No, we um, yeah, we stopped doing that a few years ago. Yeah, um, I just wanted to concentrate on supplying. Yeah. But um, I did enjoy it. There is a lot of interest. Uh, Definitely around I think it. for sure I would be super keen To do something Along those lines For sure Yeah You know, You're not going to take people To your favourite spots No no, Of course you're not no. It doesn't make any sense But you want to take them There, to a, there and, is a lot of people um, Who are And a lot of really good people Who are doing mushroom tours Yeah okay um, And they're doing them For small groups um, Yeah 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 the, the last year that we We did them We um, They were so popular Because we, we We still had the restaurant And we did them With a mushroom Lunch, lunch or something on it. Yeah, 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 I remember. Yeah, and we did it through try booking. Um, so we had bookings coming in for them through through three different avenues, and I was saying cap it at fifty, and it's like, and it just didn't stop. The the bookings just didn't stop coming in, and because you got up, a bit of press about it as well. I think the uh, age did a bit of stuff on you in that as well. Uh, possibly, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, it was just mental. We ended up taking about 100 people out three weekends in a row. It's good business. Yeah. Yeah, it's it good is. good business. It is, but um, yeah, it was actually out at Castle, uh, out at Harcourt at Breast Winery and, we, and so we did it in conjunction with them and that's where we did the lunch and everything. And, yeah. Because um, we had to have such a lead into it, we had to do it months in advance. It's impossible to, to uh, predict the if the mushrooms are going to be yeah, there. Yeah, we thought, yeah. oh, we'll put it in in May. And they should, hopefully there should be some mushrooms. Well, please tell me there was mushrooms. Was there mushrooms? Uh, no. Wasn't no, there? It was so bad. It was um, yeah, it was it was it was really stressful. It was yeah, extremely yeah, okay. stressful because um, yeah, we there was one pine mushroom for like a hundred, and all these people were so hopeful and excited oh, with their baskets and yeah. their all their brand new opinel um, knives. knives. Yeah. They were all 
ready to go and I had to, um, you know, for the mushroom lunch, like we had it all pre-prepared. With, of course. And of course, we've got a lot of access to mushrooms, but yeah. they're just not picked from that area. Yeah. But it was... Um, a bit cringy. Yeah. I, I, but that's the if way I was, it is. If I was to do it again, yeah. um, I would probably cap it at um, 15 people at the most. Yeah. And you don't know the location until that week. Yeah, and then, okay. And that's how I, would, how I would do it and that's how pe- people do do it. Do they? Yeah. What what's um what are your favourite mushrooms to eat? To eat? Yeah. I love I love a slippery jack. Yeah, me too. I really love a slippery jack. Um but yeah, people just don't a lot of people don't understand quite how to cook them though. Like yeah, they okay. um I have seen chefs trying to saute them in with their pines and everything like as a fricassee of, of mushrooms. It just it's, throws it's like, it's like out. sort of putting in Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you just you just yeah, you just don't do it. They, they need to be treated differently. They're way stronger in flavour yeah. than a pine mushroom. Like I love the full texture. on umami um, hit. Yeah, yeah, the texture's fantastic. The texture's amazing. I like to cook them sort of low and slow because they will shrink right down to virtually nothing. But just the flavour that they can impart. So you don't need much of a slippery jack. Yeah, yeah. So they're so rich, and I think that's why people do get turned off them. You know, firstly because if the textures. Um, slippery and slimy. They probably haven't been cooked out enough. Yeah. Um, and then they're just so rich that they're, you know, you can feel much. ill if you're, if you're eating like you know, a cup yeah. full of sautéed slippery jacks. It's yeah, like yeah. you're not going to want to eat anything after that. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. one slippery jack in a whole sauce will be, or a whole risotto is nearly enough. Yeah, yeah. So you can dry them. Yeah. Um, and they're, they're amazing. They come up like a smelling very similar to a dry pacini. Yeah. Um, Which is like a, a sep, porcini sep, 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 same thing. Yeah, yeah. sep. Um, do we get them here? Penny bun, yeah. We do? Yeah, you get them in uh, the Adelaide Hills. Yeah, fine. Do you pick them? I have picked a few, but I don't specifically go for them. I've only found a couple in my in my life, but yeah, I don't okay. want to um, spend too much time chasing Pacini when I can fill up a van yeah, with, yeah, with yeah, pine. Yeah. So it's more of a rec- recreational thing, but yeah. yeah, Adelaide Hills is where they are. I have heard of reports of them popping up in Victoria. Mm. Um, but nice. they're, they're, with, with mushrooms, people just don't talk about their spots. Or yeah, if they do, it's, they're fools. It's so, yeah. <laughs> Where did you find your morels, by the way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, it was a... Oh, shit. Up over the hill and around the... Yeah, bend, exactly. You know. But And now, you, 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 like you said briefly there, you're growing tomatoes and other things to get you through the rest of the yeah, year. Right? Yeah, so we fleshed out our year with, um, with various things. Um, when we moved out to Romsey, I tore up the, the back lawn and started growing tomatoes. And anyone who's started growing tomatoes, um, you can become really obsessive about them. Yeah. Um, I, became, I tried this year. Fuck, I was shit. I was really? really? Oh, I was give shit. It, don't give up. Um, just, but I, I just um, self-taught. I just watched tutorials on YouTube and um, watched just tomato geeks. What's your hot tip for them? Oh, they need lots of sun, lots yeah. of water. Lots of water, right? Lots of water, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's where I went yeah. wrong, I think. I'll do lots of tricks, um, which we'll go into. But, um, yeah, we sort of we, we like to grow without pesticides or any sort of too much um, artificial help. Yeah. Um, so what do you do? We're quite health conscious, as I mentioned before, about Joe yeah. and everything. And yeah, we've yeah. always been of that line of thought anyway. So we're do not, you use manure or...? Lots of manure. Yeah. Um, it's just got to be. We're into composting, of course. Yeah. Um, I actually love seaweed. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. To grow my tomatoes with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, our backyard is probably not much bigger than this living room. The, yeah. the vegetable patch. Yeah. Um, 
so the first year that we grew tomatoes, I put in 80 plants um, of heirloom tomatoes. And it was, Is it straight in the ground or do you have like where's... Straight in the ground. Straight in the ground, yeah. Straight in the ground and um, tied up with stakes. And um, yeah, we, we Joe, she's really bolshy. She um, started selling them to the mushroom customers and she goes, oh, let's do this, you know, on a larger scale next year. And like I was, I said, oh, how? I, I couldn't see, I just couldn't didn't have the vision for how we could do that. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought, oh, what, we have to go and buy a, some land or something? Yeah. I, I just couldn't see it. But she, um, you know, Joe was like a dog with a bone. She um, she actually just drafted up a letter and popped it in letterboxes and put, put one down at the IGA down at Romsey saying, would you like to have tomatoes grown on your property? She put about 20 letters out and we had about 12 responses. It was, over, it was overwhelming. So we actually got to go around and, and pick. Other people's gardens and that? Well, the, the big farms, wineries, right, okay, yeah. um, they all said, yeah, yeah, we're really interested. Um, you know, uh, Good for her. That's amazing. It was, a, it was such a – Amazing. It was a, it was a real game changer. So, um, so, you, so pla- first, you would plant them and you would manage them? Yeah, we do all? everything. We, we just lease um, – effectively, it's just like a little yeah, uh, lease. Yeah, yeah, awesome. So, yeah, the first year we uh, went to two, to two separate wineries. Um, we did heirloom tomatoes on one and – um, a lot of zucchini flowers on on the other. Yeah, that's the zucchini flowers are. We're very proud of our zucchini flowers. They're really okay. good. Yeah. Um, and then we sort of. You like the delicate things, eh? Fucking. Yeah. Eh? Well, being a chef, you know, I hate being rogered um, yeah, yeah, from yeah. from providors. Yeah. Uh, I, I love providors, and we supply them. But as a chef. You know, it's all, you can identify those um, niche things that cost a lot of money. Yeah. And that's what I sort of target. I don't want to sell cauliflowers. Yeah, um, yeah. because yeah, that's... Yeah, people can You have to up. do that on such a massive scale to, to make yeah, money. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know, I love cauliflower, but um, I want to do high profit, faster money. I get so. it. Makes sense. So... Um, Smart. Yeah. So, yeah, we ended up on um, two two wineries and we and that worked really well. Um we we I had to f- figure out how to apply seaweed to seven hundred heirloom tomato plants because it's a lot of seaweed to to collect. Just get it from the beach. Yeah, yeah. I usually wait for it um, after a big stormy stormy day. And like it's yeah, yeah you'll yeah. find it. You go to a clean beach where you know not next to a um, storm water outlet or something. Like, yeah. But you'll find it like sitting like that deep and yeah, I'd um get a trailer load of it and <laughs> yeah and, and and um i put that on the backyard but to apply that to like, when you say put it on the backyard you literally just put just that as much just yeah. that just all around the, it all around the, no what? you don't have to and put people it people people say that you can rinse it so it's not too salty i didn't even worry about that yeah it keeps the slugs away suppose is that right the it, it, it's right? well it's it's it acts like a uh, like a weed mat so you it's it's like mulch so yeah, okay. weeds don't come through yeah it, but it slow releases all the trace elements, um, same as sea salt, but it's like a more natural thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that's a hot tip for starters. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, but just um, just be careful not to get anything that's putrid. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Shite. Shite. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so just, um, yeah, a little bit, that was something that my, my, my father used to do. He's, um, back in Tassie, he just put kelp all around the garden. It does, it is a little bit whiffy. It smells yeah. like... Um, the tides out a little bit in your backyard, whatever. But um, yeah, to apply that to seven hundred heirloom tomatoes, I actually ended up um, getting what you call a UBC tank. So you go out to farms and you'll see like a big cubic tank. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, yeah. And I looked up how to make liquid 
seaweed um, fertiliser. So it's basically just putting a heap of seaweed in a bucket, covering it in rainwater and then letting it sort of sit for three three weeks or so and yeah, then yeah. just use that juice and use that to water your tomatoes. And, and it's the same effect it, without without all the um, – without – the mulch, yeah. um, but you, you're still giving the the, the nutrients. The, the nutrients. Yeah, yeah. And do you think do you think you get a good result out of that? I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I've seen a few yeah. people, like the people who live near us, they had, and, and I've seen Phil Wood as well in Mornington. He, so one of them um, fish. You know, they've got the fish in the in the different tanks and the water. Have you seen that before? Oh uh, yeah, is that where the the live fish you mean? Live fish, yeah, 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 so, yeah, the, live yeah the, fish. so the poo is going out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, that's good. It's all yeah. like for, like the use. Yeah. Literally, the fish swim in these things. Yeah. Exactly, you know, they all, yeah. it all comes through the food tract. It all comes out, and then it all goes into the plants that are growing around yeah, it. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Like people, um, so I think a lot of people are don't really think too much about their food, and vegetables need to grow in poo. Yeah, yeah, okay, uh, or yeah. shit, or decomposing things because yeah. from decomposition and death comes life in a way. So it's, yeah, it's a nice, okay, yeah, going nice back thing. into the earth and coming, but yeah, 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 yeah So yeah, it's yeah. a good thing. Uh, we should all be doing a lot more composting and, um, you know, with the, your with your own food oh, scraps. all food scraps really yeah, yeah. should be going into the green waste. Yeah, um, yeah, really. Like the council should be getting on it. We've got a, like a massive waste problem in Australia. It's yeah, I seen getting... that the other day. That one of them went bankrupt. Have you seen the, the in Victoria? Yeah, oh, it's, it's an absolute disaster. Three hundred tons of plastic yeah. or something, and they don't know what to do with it. They oh, contemplate it. Yeah, and we've still got fucking ushies and and um, Cole's little shop and all oh, that sort of. Yeah, making yeah. these little toy things. Yeah, and they're sort of saying good things are happening at Coles with farmers and stuff, but they're just. Fucking the environment, yeah, big time. They're fucking, they, they fuck everything up, Coles. Yeah, so, <laughs> no, it's sorry, so, a little rant. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not the only ones, of course. It's um, Woolworths and stuff as well. But they're, all the mass supermarkets. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, don't so, get me started on on one dollar milk. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, 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 they make me cross. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's frustrating. I'm, I'm with you, honestly. I'm with you. So now you've started growing these, and a friend of ours, Victoria Salisbury and Sean. Hurl, they're, they're, they're partners, and they, um, Victoria's dad has got this beautiful. He owns, he holds the world record for the biggest leak in the world. It's oh, really? yeah, honestly, <laughs> but he's got this beautiful greenhouse, and he grows these tomatoes. He's he's mad for the tomatoes, mad for it, and he he grows them up, and then he grows them along the whole yeah. greenhouse. is like full. It's like going in like a tropical forest. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like because yeah. like one plant can it doesn't have to just be one like that. As if as long as you can like tressle it. Is that yeah, what it's, it's training training them up and trestling them. Like they'll keep on growing. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I didn't yeah. realise that. So you can get shitloads off you know, if someone yeah. knows what they're doing, they can get five. You can even grow them upside down. Yeah. Okay. You can you can basically get a like a bucket and put holes in the bottom and plug them into the hole so that they'll hang hang down from the roof of your greenhouse. Yeah, yeah, far um right. Yeah, so I've seen some really crazy things. Um, to maximise. To maximise. I've seen, um, yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about tomato grafting, that's another yeah, thing that? altogether. So we actually did that last year um, where you, you can basically, it's like making a Frankenstein tomato yeah, plant. Yeah. Put so, them together. Yeah, so LM tomatoes are quite um, prone to, di- to disease yeah. and problems. Yeah. Um, and that's why... You'll see, like a bog standard tomato, is being sort of cultured in a way that the ones that end up in coals with, oh, the, the generic style. a generic tomato in yeah. in a 
in a um, in a supermarket will just be a, a generic tomato that's easy to grow, high product, high volume. Um, they don't really Tess care about us. flavor, but they yeah, just yeah, flaw- exactly. they taste, taste a bit watery, yeah. and they're not special. Um, so good things need to they're they're hard things things in life are tricky sometimes yeah you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's that's the that's the joy of of doing it and that's the satisfaction of when it works it's like it's really satisfying yeah yeah so yeah the flavor in a heirloom tomato is it's nothing like it yeah and so the colors and all the color, that. Yeah. yeah so they're prone to i'll go off on these i'll go off on these tangents that's but that's good um so they're prone to disease, but you can actually graft them onto what you call a rootstock, um, of which is like a general uh, tomato, um, a bog standard style. Bog standard, it's yeah. yeah, super disease resistant. Grows like an absolute weed. It can grow in virtually any sort of crap dirt. Yeah, yeah. And um, the the variety that we used was an Estamina tomato plant. They don't taste very nice, but yeah. they just grow super vigorously. Um, yeah. It's like a V8 engine of tomatoes. Yeah, and you, yeah, yeah, when they yeah. when they get to uh, maybe three inches high, um, both plants, you've got to sort of match them up for width with their little tree trunks and yeah. you cut them on, an, on a 45-degree angle and sort of put the top of the heirloom tomato onto the bottom of the rootstock and put a little clip on it and then put it in a little tomato hospital. And um, yeah. like Which is in the dark, so it's not taking in the sunlight and... Keep it moist for about seven days, and then hopefully, um, it'll, it would have the graft would have taken, and <laughs> you've got a grafted heirloom tomato. Yeah, far so, so in theory, so the roots, so the roots will have all that the, all that yeah, immune yeah. system and the vigor um, that you want, and but you'll you'll get the heirloom fruit, and then the with fruit, all that with all that disease yeah, um, yeah. resistance. So and we tried it; it was it was okay, but we weren't that we had a, we didn't have a real high success rate of Crafting because yeah, yeah, we yeah. that I, I gave it a go and um, you'll get better though, won't you? Like yeah, anything, yeah. Anything, like look, anything. most of most of our uh, tomato plants last year weren't grafted, but there was maybe ten percent that were. Yeah, um, and then then the fruit that you get from them, them seeds. What are them seeds? Are they like you graft- can save them, and uh, and then you wouldn't need to regraft them, or you wouldn't? no, no you, you wouldn't. No. That they'd, they'd have all that on them. They'd have yeah, the they're gra- the, they're the heirloom tomato, the, the variety of heirloom tomato that it that it is. Um, but would it have would it have the strength of? No, you probably have to. You'd have to regraft. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and do that a few times yeah. to get it. But I don't think we'll be doing much grafting this year because yeah, okay. we're quite, um, you know, we've got pretty good practices. Sometimes some things you can't help. Like if there's a bit of a disease that's in that even the, at the area, yeah, like it'll affect the entire town. Yeah, so okay. you know, like black spot on leaves and things. So yeah, there are yeah. there are measures that you can take to, um, you know, like. People who grow tomatoes might come home and, and if they're not spending every day in their tomato patch, they might just come home one day and see it's all destroyed oh, by black spot or something yeah, or, yeah. or it's, it's been so attacked hard. by... I can't believe how hard it was, yeah, honestly. Yeah, because we're in it every day. Yeah, yeah. You're sort of right on, on any problems that yeah. arise. Like I'd forget to water them for two days or something. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Because I'm... Yeah. I want to be good at it and I want to be interested, but I'm too, like, I am it takes, interested. It takes but I, time. Yeah, they're it like, um, they're, they're quite needy. They're yeah, not yeah. the easiest thing to, to, to grow. Yeah, um, yeah. They're, they're, they really need a lot of attention. So, um, yeah, we, we pump them 
we try and get them growing really quickly. Um, yeah. And then once the fruit's starting to set, we sort of back that water right off because it's nearly like a water balloon. You don't want to sort of blow them up and they start splitting. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So once they... And, does it, and if you give them that, is, does it affect the flavour? You know, like in grapes, when they're about to harvest, if it has a big dump of water, it kind of dilutes the grape yeah, or Yeah, uh, we haven't found that. No? But um, yeah, look, we, 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 have, we have selective varieties that are... Um, we focus specifically on flavour. Yeah. It's got to have, like, good flavour. Um, we we go for size. Yeah. So we're predominantly beefsteaks. Um, they happen to be a late-season tomato. Yeah. So everyone was begging us, oh, when are your tomatoes starting this year? And it's like they didn't kick in until about first week of February. Yeah, far It was out. late, but they went all the way to, to May. Yeah, okay. Um, and once we were going, we were picking 100 kilos a day of heirloom tomatoes and yeah, so it was a crap. It was a crap year for everyone because it was so cool. Yeah. Um, through those November December months, and then yeah. then we had a freak heat wave. I think over a few yeah, two two weeks, and then it went cool again. And I did muck around with the tomatoes. Um, and are you selling them in the restaurants in yeah. trays, mixed trays, or yeah, we just do. Um, I think they're three or four kilo trays. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just we just I've learned to just standardize. Just do sell units. Don't take you know, orders from chefs for one kilo of this and. 3.7 kilos of that and stuff. So what, we is just it, go, it's a three kilo tray, take yeah. it or don't. It's you just want a box. Good. You just want a box of tomatoes or you want a box of mushrooms. Yeah, okay. You don't do half boxes or... So and what's a box of mushrooms weigh? Two. Two so kilos. Two kilo for mushrooms yeah. and yeah. three kilos. The tray. only... There are exceptions, of course. Um, like when we pick... Uh, when we sell the morels, because they're, they're so expensive and some chefs... You know, yeah, yeah. I, I totally get do that. We special, we'll sell, we'll sell half a kilo. Yeah, of yeah. Of course we will. Yeah, yeah, as long as we don't have to drive out to the Yarra Valley to deliver them or something. Yeah, Because yeah. you know? also a morel's definitely more, even though they're all a garnish, you can still do yeah. some big dishes with Yeah, with and it. I, like, it's something that's nice to share. Like if a chef is curious, but they can't, and they're in a little restaurant, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, 100%. You know, I, I feel it. So, yeah. You know, we like, used to stuff that, we used to do a great dish where we, and I, I, I only learned to, to clean morels. Do you know when you trim the outside? Have you ever seen no, that? No, I haven't. Okay, so, I think in some places in Europe, I think they're like maybe growing sand or something like quite, maybe not sand, but quite um, yeah. gritty, yep. kind of like a gritty. Yep. I don't know. I've never picked them and I'm not that an expert in it, but they yeah. come in a little bit gritty. So what we used to do was, Pierre was the one who showed me how to do it. You know, it's got the white bit on the end and then it like bulbs up a little bit. Like yeah, like a, a like, light globe. Yeah, like, like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, like, yeah. like, a, like a little tree effectively. Yeah. You get a sharp paring knife. And you just take off like a thin, a tiny thin thing all the way around because it's got like it's like lumpy, right? You yeah. Know, totally lumpy. You yeah. just kind of take that first little, I don't even want to say a millimeter. I mean, like just take a little yeah. bit off, and then we used to quickly, quickly wash them. Yep. And put them on a tray and everything. But when you used to just take that top layer off and wash them, it would get all rid of all that sand and yeah. any of that grit that was inside them. Okay. Yeah. And that's what and that's what we used to. That's how we used to clean them. Um, Good. Because sometimes they're in there. It's a bit gritty. Yeah. But if you do yeah. that, you get rid of all that grit. And then we used to, this occasion, we used to make a scallop mousse or a langoustine mousse. I can't remember. It was whatever. And we used to pipe. So good with seafood. Yeah, pipe them into the, into the down that, yeah. like, yeah, what do you call down it? Down the shaft. Down the, yeah, down yeah. the shaft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then we used to, I think we quickly steamed them and sorted them. Or we might have just sorted them in, in, in foaming butter or something. Yeah. Like that. It was lovely. I've so, got, um, we know a chef, his name's Alex, and he used to have the, the Good Table restaurant in Castlemaine. Okay. And yeah. he used to go and pick his own so there's morels up around that area and he's yeah. going to pick his own morels and he um, used to fill them with duck liver parfait and yeah. saute them and then deglaze with 
Pedro Jimenez. Yeah, beautiful. Like, yeah, exactly. The great to fill. Yeah. That, that must yeah, be. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're born to be filled. To be filled, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, yeah. I'm happy. happy. We're, we're, we're a bit lazy at home. We just have them in, um, like, I have a nice roast chicken with morel gravy. Morel sauce, yeah, yeah. exactly. Morel gravy. As you do, you know. Exactly. Well, listen, I'm going to wrap this up. Yeah. Um, where can people find you if they want to order from you or, you know? Yeah, look, we're on Instagram. Yeah. Um, so I'm Mushrooms Anonymous. Yeah. Um, and Joe's Mrs. Mushrooms and oh, Mushrooms Anon. Uh, yeah. So yeah, and Joe's at Mrs. Mushrooms Anon. And the business, what's your what the business is called? It's um, we've actually started up a company called Our World Without Walls. Oh, okay. Um, so that we're we're moving forward. We've got a website up and running now. But yeah. Um, but so if so, the best thing is to look on your website or follow you on Instagram. Your yeah, phone numbers. In, in, Insta's the first. Um, that's the easiest way to find us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you'll, you'll find um our mobile numbers. Yeah. And, you can see all the pictures of all the mushrooms and that, and I seen mushrooms one, like this, like a bloody dinner plate. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, we've got some. We we take pictures of oddities and um, yeah, and people can just get in touch for mushrooms and tomatoes, mushrooms, tomatoes, alien, um, so zucchini flowers. Yeah, um, and then we've got our dried fennel pollen and our black garlic. Yeah, which is um, yeah, we you didn't make talk it? about that. Yeah, yeah, that's um, massive in itself. So we've got these those shelf products that sort of um, t- um, that we can sort of make, and then they're, we just sort of reach for them all through the year. So yeah, the fennel yeah, pollen's yeah. Um, massive. That that's um, the shittiest work. It's <laughs> it's because it's so hot and it's, it's a little bit snaky. Snaky, as in real yeah, snakes. Yeah, because when the fennel pollen comes out in season, it's um, you know around October or so, all the way through to uh, into into summer. Yeah, and there's just snakes everywhere, and it's. Um, what snakes? Brown snakes. Um, yeah, like just they don't look good. That's but, a bit dangerous. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we, uh, yeah, it's just hot, nasty work, and you know, just getting, you know, burrs in your socks and just itchy, hot, yeah, dusty, yeah. dusty, crappy work. So yeah, picking, picking uh, fennel pollen for six hours in the sun and then dehydrating it and, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, we yeah. put it into a nice little tin and, and everything and um, our black garlic that's another story because we process 120 kilos of that at a time because uh, <laughs> all I know about black garlic again I'm quite ignorant with it is in a rice cooker yeah that's how I started yeah. and now it's um, yeah we've, we, we scaled that up to the point where um, yeah it was we had it out in our back veranda and the whole neighbourhood was smelling of garlic and that was only doing 30 kilos at a time so what do you do it now? I've got these big machines that oh, do okay. it, and but the demand was quite good for it, and yeah. so we thought, oh, we'll just build it up and invest in, in and and the built business has sort of grown into that. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. So, um, do good business on the black garlic. Yeah, yeah, we do. We sell, um, like I said, we're, we're processing 120 kilos at the moment. Yeah, um, and we're just sort of catching up with demand. We had a little bit of an issue with our with with the supply of good garlic. Yeah, and so we had. We had about a month of no production, and that was, um, so, yeah. So that put us behind, behind, but we can't. How long does it take to process it? Uh, about uh, thirty-two days. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's. Um, and what is the process? I, I know we're going to go, but what is the process? What makes it black? Why does it like? Because it, it starts off as normal garlic. Yeah. Right? It's just a, it's a bowl yeah, of garlic. Yeah. It's, yeah, a, yeah. It's just held at a, um, a a temperature and humidity over a period of time, and it it's got like a. a a reaction that happens in the garlic and it's sort of you just end up with this beautiful caramelly garlicky um, umami 
And if there's restaurants out there that are interested, get in touch. Yeah, and, yeah, and, we, yeah. Just try um, if we if we don't answer the phone, it's um just try with text messaging because um half the time I'm in the yeah, out of range yeah, in the forest yeah, yeah, or. Fair enough. All right. Well, listen. Thank you very much. I hope yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed it. I thought it was fascinating. I'm a bit, a bit, a bit, that's all, folks.